Welcome to A Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 12, 1-14, called Our Passover Lamb. See, these holidays were the same for Israel. They were supposed to remind a nation about what's truly important, how we ended up where we are. And let's face it, brethren, we are quick to forget. It is so easy to skip over, you know, the reasons for holidays and just, you know, do what we want to do. But your lamb, five, shall be an unblemished male, a year old. So just, you know, kind of in the beginning of adult life, you may take it from the sheep or from the goat. So it can be a lamb or a kid goat. Now, if you had a small household, you were to get together with a neighbor, your nearest neighbor, verse 4, And it reminds me of the high command in Scripture. We are called to love God and love our neighbor as ourselves. Here's an application. It's not an expositional point in the sermon, but this is what struck me. One of my calls as an ambassador of Christ is to share the lamb with others, to share the lamb with my neighbor. And what I mean by that is to share the gospel, to share the truth about Jesus Christ, And remember, Jesus interacted with a lawyer back in the day, an expert in the Bible, and uh, they went back and forth about the greatest command and so forth. And then in a kind of a smart aleck way, the lawyer said, well, who is my neighbor? And Jesus told the story of the good Samaritan, essentially saying, anyone who has a need is your neighbor. And the greatest need of our neighbors is the gospel of Jesus Christ, to share the lamb, amen? And there's another application too. We are the church of Jesus Christ. So we may go back to our celebrations today and maybe we know that there's a widow or there's someone who's a single person and they don't have any family here. They don't have anywhere to go. Would to God that we open our our hearts and homes to others, amen? That we realize, amen, that's a good time for an amen. (laughs) That we realize that we're a community of blood-bought saints, that if we don't live our faith, if we just read about this stuff and we don't live it, what good is it? And so you're to share. Your lamb must be unblemished. He must be without spot, without blemish. Hebrews 4.15 says of the Messiah, Jesus, he is one as tempted in all things yet without sin. Hebrews 9.14 says, How much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, Hebrews 9.14, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. The lamb was inspected, found without fault. And Peter says, knowing that you were redeemed, you were not redeemed with perishable things like silver or gold from your futile way of life inherited from your forefathers. You were redeemed with the precious blood as of a lamb, unblemished and spotless, That is the blood of Christ. And so Passover is around a meal. Makes me think of the movie, My Big Fat Greek Wedding. How many of you saw My Big Fat Greek Wedding? So remember, there's this Greek family. I can relate because they're much like Italians. And uh, she brings the boyfriend, the prospective uh, fiance, to the house. And uh, he's a vegetarian. And so she announces he's a vegetarian. and And the response of like an aunt or the grandma is, what do you mean? He don't eat meat. He don't, what do you mean? He don't eat meat. And it gets pretty loud and awkward in there. And then she says, okay, I'll make lamb. 
So there you go. And so what you would do is you would take this lamb per household and you would take it into your home. But here's where it gets really hard. And you keep it until the 14th day of the same month. So you have it essentially four days. Then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel is to kill it at twilight. Now, I'm going to just show you a couple pictures um, because I think we need to kind of get this idea. So you take the lamb in. It's almost like, you know, you got a new puppy at the house, but you know that the fate of this lamb is that it must die. And I would relate it to a dog taken into my home because all dogs are Christians. (laughs) All dogs are born again. Cats are a whole different category. I would question the salvation of every cat. (laughs) Sorry for you cat lovers, but anyway. And part of the intention, I usually divide the church when I make statements like this. Okay, some cats are all right. All right, anyway. So you, you keep this thing the whole week, and then you know that its destiny is to die. And it's to die at twilight on that Passover week. I got to thinking, and I was thinking about when Jesus in Matthew 16 began to, you know, and he said this several times, but he began to tell the disciples, I'm going to Jerusalem, essentially during the Passover, and I'm going to be mocked, I'm going to suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes. I'm going to be killed and I'm going to rise on the third day. And Peter took the lamb aside and said, oh no, this will never happen to you. And Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. You are not concerned with God's interests. You are concerned with man's interests. And I think Peter was saying something like this. Lord, I've been with you for the week. You've become near and dear to my heart. Now you're saying you got to die. And Jesus is saying, I'm the Passover lamb. I must die. This is the way it has to be. This is the calendar of God. And Peter's saying, no, you can't die. I love you. Remember in John 21, Peter, do you love me? And he said, yes, I phileo you, Lord. I've grown fond of you. You know that I love you. That's what's going on here. He's saying, you can't die. And Jesus is saying, I must die. That's why I came. Not only to bear witness to the truth, but to die to secure the redemption of my people. That's what's going on there. And before the Passover feast, Jesus, John 13, 1, knowing that his time had come for him to leave the world and go to the Father, John 13, 1, having loved his own who were in the world, he now showed them the full extent of his love and he washed their feet, a picture of what he had come to do to die for them. And so... This lamb was to die at twilight. You'll note that in verse 6, you are to kill it at twilight. In reading Josephus, Josephus said that it was customary for Israel to slay lambs at 3 in the afternoon. He said that was considered twilight in Israel. Now, you guys will remember that Jesus was on the cross from 9 in the morning till 3 in the afternoon. Darkness occurred from noon to three. And at three in the afternoon, Jesus said these words, it is finished. To tell us die paid in full. And I want to show you something else. 
So Jesus would have written down the Mount of Olives and come through the Eastern Gate. The Eastern Gate is the, uh, towards the Mount of Olives. Basically, the temple proper is facing east. So the Mount of Olives would be right in the middle of the screen this way. The lambs for the slaughter would come through the northern sheep gate, and Bethlehem is to the south of us. And so Jesus would have ridden in when lambs were being selected going through the sheep gate, all part of the timing. In the Eastern world, in the Middle East and other cultures, in the thresholds of doors, they had basins built into them. And while it might seem a little weird to us that blood is put on a door to uh, withhold judgment. In, in the Eastern mindset, covenants were made with blood. And here's what they would do. If, if I had an agreement with you and we went into a covenant contract, and it could be a, a number of different things, they would often cut animal parts in two. And the blood of the animals would represent the covenant. They would walk through the dead animal parts, essentially to say, if I don't fulfill my part of the covenant, may happen to me what happened to this animal. And the blood would essentially seal the covenant. And they would do this on the threshold of homes. If you read anything from the ancients, they would say that covenants were made at the threshold of a home or at the door. In fact, the carrying of a bride over the threshold goes back to this idea that the covenant is finally sealed as he carries her over in marriage. And of course, we are the bride of Christ. And so as this is going on, this is what writers say. They say there was a lamb, a Passover lamb for the nation. And the high priest would take that lamb and kill that lamb at three in the afternoon, considered twilight. And as Jesus is dying on the cross at three in the afternoon, the high priest of Israel would slit the throat of the lamb for the nation and proclaim these words. Get this. It is finished. This probably was all happening simultaneously as Jesus Christ is fulfilling all of the Passover imagery. He literally died between the evenings. And they are to take some of the blood, seven, and put it on the two doorposts and on the lintel. So you have the side post of the door, and then you have the upper post. Let me just show you. Uh, oh, I just messed up, you guys. Let me show you a picture of the door, if we can get to that. So here's the idea of the door. And what you have is you have, they would take the blood from the basin, most likely at the foot of the door, and they would put it on the two doorposts and the lentil. And many have seen the sign of the cross as the blood was applied. And the door to that household was sealed with the blood. Jesus said, I am the door, right? I am the way of salvation. And this is how all of this works together. And then they would sit down and they would partake in this meal. Let me go back to the Seder plate so you can see this. I probably messed it up again. <laughs> you can take, take us to the Seder plate. And uh, so what you have here is every time a Seder meal uh, occurs, they use the shank bone of a lamb middle right of the plate. And then they have the bitter herbs and the parsley and the horseradish and the egg, all kind of representative of different elements of their bondage and then their freedom uh, according to the Lamb. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. We've come to it. 
the week of Christmas. We know how it is. You're getting that last-minute gift shopping done. Can we add one more to your list? Would you consider giving a year-end gift to Walk in Truth? We rely on the generosity of our listeners to help fund this ministry so we can equip as many people as possible with God's truth and show them how to apply that truth to their life. We hope Pastor Michael's teachings have been doing that for you. Would you please consider giving a gift of $20? That's usually the max price of a white elephant gift. With the help of your donation, we will continue to bring the gospel to people listening on this radio station and straight to their phone through podcast. Please give your Christmas donation of $20 now. Visit walkintruth.com and click donate or call 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH or visit walkintruth.com. Thank you so much for your partnership and have a blessed and Merry Christmas. We'd love to see who's listening. So please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk in Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. I am the way of salvation, and this is how all of this works together. And then they would sit down, and they would partake in this meal. Let me go back to the Seder plate so you can see this. I probably messed it up again. <laughs> you can take, take us to the Seder plate. And uh, so what you have here is every time a Seder meal uh, occurs, they use the shank bone of a lamb middle right of the plate. And then they have the bitter herbs and the parsley and the horseradish and the egg, all kind of representative of different elements of their bondage and then their freedom uh, according to the lamb. And so this is something considered like a threshold covenant. They would then take the blood They would apply it with hyssop uh, to the doorpost and lentil. Just take a look ahead for a second. Exodus 12, take a look at verse uh, 21. Moses called for all the elders of Israel, said to them, go and take for yourselves lambs according to your families and slay the Passover lamb. You shall take a bunch of hyssop and dip dip it in the blood which is in the basin. And apply some of the blood that is in the basin to the lentil and the two doorposts. And none of you shall go outside the door of his house until morning. For the Lord will pass through to smite the Egyptians. And when he sees the blood on the lentil and the on the two doorposts, the Lord will pass over the door and will not allow the destroyer to come into your houses to smite you. When I see the blood, not when I see your good works, not when I see your pedigree, not when I see your family origin, when I see the blood, I will pass over you and the destroyer won't come in to destroy you. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I came, Jesus says, that they might have life and have it more abundantly. That's in John 10. And it's the great treatment of Jesus being our good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. And so they are to apply this blood. They are to kill the lamb at twilight. They take the blood. They put it on the door. Verse 8. And they shall eat the flesh that same night, roasted with fire, the fire of judgment. And they shall eat it with unleavened bread. Jesus was unleavened without sin. Matzah is there. And bitter herbs, probably a picture of their uh, bitter bondage as they were in the land of Israel. 
And so bitter herbs remind the uh, Israelites of their bitter bondage. And I just put in my notes that you can leave your bitterness behind in Christ. You don't have to be in bondage to bitterness. You don't have to allow a root of bitterness to spring up and destroy things in your life. You don't. You can be set free from bitterness. You can be set free from anxiety. You can be set free from all of it in the Lamb. Amen? In Christ. They're also told, don't eat any of it raw or boiled at all with water. Rather, roasted with fire. The fire of judgment is the picture. Both its head and its legs, along with its entrails or its insides. Jesus will take the fire of God's wrath. You shall not leave any of it until morning, probably because the suffering of the lamb was once. There's no leftovers here. Whatever is left of it until morning, you shall burn with fire. Now you shall eat it in this manner, with your loins girded, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. And you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. So recently I was going to play golf with a friend, and I called him up and I said, are you ready? Have you girded up your loins? Just kidding. I wouldn't say that. It's kind of a weird statement, isn't it? In the ancient world, some of you are looking at me like, Pastor Michael, you lost it. It's the 4th of July, so you got to say something with a little southern accent. Have you girded up your loins? Now, what does that mean? In the ancient world, even men would wear long robes, and they would pull up the robe for freedom of movement. We're to gird our loins with truth. Amen. We're to always be ready to give a defense of the gospel. And they had to be ready. The dough couldn't rise. They had to get out of Egypt quickly. So they ate it in haste. They ate it in readiness. We are ready to share the lamb with others. And then God says, I will go through the land of Egypt on that night, 12-12, we're winding down, and will strike down all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, against all the gods of Egypt, which he had utterly decimated, I will execute judgments. I am the Lord. Riken comments. On the first Passover, the Israelites huddled in their homes, waiting for God to come in judgment. That night, he would claim a life from every household in Egypt. All over the land, they would hear the wailing of their enemies, who were mourning the death of their firstborn sons. Death passed over them. The reason death passed over them was because they were under the blood The lamb's blood was the propitiation. It turned away the wrath of God. Paul says to the Ephesian elders in Acts 20, 28, shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. And the blood 13 will be a sign, literally an oat, O-T in Hebrew, a mark for you on your houses where you live. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. There's our Passover holiday, and no plague will befall you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. Now, the sign is the blood. Look at verse 13, shall be a sign. It's the word oat. If you look it up in the Hebrew picture language, oat means the strong established sign. It also has in it the beginning and the end. And if you take the picture and walk it out, it means the first leader nailed to the cross. It has an ox's head that looks like an A for Alpha, and it has a Tav that's in the sign of the cross. Taken together, it's the first leader nailed to the cross. That's the sign. The fulfillment would come in the person of Jesus Christ. When I see the blood, 
The only way you and I can be saved is to be sealed by the blood of the lamb. Amen. And I'm talking about his death. I'm talking about his resurrection. I'm talking about his sacrificial atonement for us. Now this day will be a memorial to you. That is Passover. And you shall celebrate it, 14, final verse, as a feast to the Lord, a fixed time, right? Throughout your generations, you are to celebrate it as a permanent ordinance. Judgment will pass over by all those, over all those who are cleansed by the blood of the lamb. Let me ask you, have you selected Jesus as your lamb? Have you applied the blood to your life? You might say, well, Pastor Michael, how do you do that? You, you've got to receive him as your personal Lord and Savior. Can you imagine? Maybe there was an Israelite somewhere in Goshen who said something like this. Well, you know, the last three plagues, God's protected us in Goshen. Why do I need to put blood on the door? If it was an American, this would be our attitude. I just painted the trim of the house. Why am I going to put the blood on the door? I don't think in the ancient world they would do that, but Americans would do that. Why are we going to do that? Because God said to do it. He said, this is how you get saved. You must be born again. You must apply the blood to your household, to your life personally, and you will be saved. Father, thank you for your wonderful son coming on a rescue mission. Thank you for the Lamb of God who takes away my sin. Thank you that he literally saves from judgment. He rescues, he redeems, not just salvation from judgment, but to the promises, which are captured really in the promised land and the direct presence of the tabernacle of God. And one day you will wipe away every tear from our eyes. We will see you. We will see the lamb. (laughs) We will see our God. May that encourage our hearts on this 4th of July here in America, Lord. We pray over our nation. We pray over the church in the nation. Forgive us, Lord. We repent of our personal and national sins. We ask you to restore us indeed to pour your grace upon us afresh. Only your mercy, Lord, is what we can lean into. And we thank you for your goodness and your compassion. You are rich in mercy and compassion. You've been listening to our Passover lamb part three on walk in truth. And that was the conclusion of pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 12 verses one through 14. If you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to walk in truth on Spotify, Apple podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You know, we would love to hear from you. You can email pastor Michael with your questions based on what you heard in his teaching today, or maybe you have a question about something else or need encouragement or prayer. Or maybe you'd just like to share with us how Pastor Michael's teachings have blessed you. You can email Pastor Michael at this email address, contact at walkintruth.com. That's contact at walkintruth.com. One more time, contact at walkintruth.com. And thanks for reaching out. Now here's Pastor Michael with a final word. Well, the bottom line is that the Passover lamb came in the person of Jesus Christ Way back in the book of Exodus, these lambs and their blood were a type, a picture of the one who was to come, the one, the Lamb of God, who would take away the sin of the world, the one who would be our uh, propitiation in his blood, 
This is the truth of the gospel. Jesus Christ, God in human flesh, comes down to save us by dying in our stead. This is the gospel, but it doesn't end just with the death of Christ. For Christ rose from the dead in the very history in which we are embedded. He said, destroy this temple, my body, and in three days I will raise it again. And he did. And as we look at Christmas, you know, it won't be long until the spring arrives and we celebrate the resurrection. Here's the thing. This mighty God, this Lamb of God, died for our sins, defeated death through the resurrection, is interceding for us, and he loves us. And if you trust him today, he will be your Passover lamb, your Savior, your King, and your God. Maybe you need to rededicate your life to him. Maybe um, you're a, a saint and you just needed some assurance, some encouragement. Here it is, brother, sister. The Lamb of God has paid the price. And we are in good hands through him. Well, God bless you. This is Pastor Michael Lance. Hey, I want to wish you a very Merry Christmas season from all of the team here at Walk in Truth. We're so glad that you're listening, that you're praying for us, that many of you have partnered with us. We're looking forward to presenting a special message from the Gospel of Luke, Peace Among Men. We'll be airing that here on Thursday and Friday leading into the weekend. And we pray it blesses you. We pray you have a beautiful Christmas season. Make sure you keep your eyes on Jesus. See you tomorrow. And join us tomorrow as we take a short break from our teaching in the book of Exodus for a special Christmas teaching by Pastor Michael in the book of Luke. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, where it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.